Welcome back to the Der Show. Today we're going to deal with a subject that probably nobody will agree with me on. Indeed, we haven't even started yet. I just, by announcing the subject, are, um, should transgender women be banned or disqualified from participating in women swimming in other competitions? I've already gotten uh, emails telling me there's no such thing as a <clears throat> transgender woman. Um, I'm, I'm stupid, gullible, or some combination of these. Um, what about men being banned from women's competition? Um, so I, I don't expect a lot of um, agreement. And frankly, I don't expect a lot of, of thoughtful analysis. But look, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for almost 60 years. And my role is to teach people even when they don't want to be taught and to introduce ideas that you might disagree with. So disagree away, but I'm going to give you my views, and I think they're thoughtful views, and you, I'm sure, will disagree with them, but at least, at least listen. And so here we go. Um, this all begins with um, the International Swimming Federation um, making a decision by a pretty widespread vote um, to ban most, almost all, transgender um, women swimmers or people who compete in sports like uh, water polo, high diving, uh, uh, ocean swimming, to forbid any transgender woman from competing <clears throat> against women who were born with female chromosomes unless, um, and here's what they say, they have not experienced any part of male puberty beyond Tanner stage two, which marks the start of physical development or before age 12, whichever is, is later. So it means that um, athletes such as uh, Leah Thomas at the University of uh, Pennsylvania, who when she uh, was a, a male um, was ranked, but not that highly ranked, as a swimmer, and when she became um, a female, she says she's always been a female, and I'm going to take that at, at face value, um, she, she um, uh, got ranked much higher, indeed, probably at some point first in the world, um, based on her swimming skills. And so the question that's, that's raised and the question that was answered by, by FINA, the International Swimming Federation, is no, no, we're not going to let you do that unless really you transitioned when you were younger than 12 years old, which means very, very few people uh, indeed. Uh, and so that's, that's the question. And it's what I, what I have taught about for all of my years as a teacher are what I call tragic choices. Um, I think I learned that phrase from my first professor, Guido Calabresi, who ultimately became the dean of the Yale Law School, a judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, and one of my major mentors in, in life. Um, for years, he taught a course called Tragic uh, Choices. Uh, I didn't take that course because he didn't start teaching it until I was a graduate. My son took that course at Yale. Um, but he used the analysis and uh, the courses that he did teach and the courses that I did a take, a, a tragic choice is, is simply a choice that society has to make, which there's no perfect answer. There's no right answer. The um, 
paradigmatic example, I've mentioned this before, um, designed by philosophers, but really that goes back to the Talmud and probably even before that, is um, you have a train or a trolley on a track and the brakes go and they're not fixable. And there are only two choices, both of them tragic. If the conductor of the trolley, who has no brakes, simply allows the train to go forward, it will kill five innocent people who were on the tracks or walking across the tracks. But if he makes an instantaneous decision to divert the train to a track adjoining, he will kill one person. And the question that philosophers ask and professors ask <clears throat> is morally, is the conductor entitled to make a decision to kill one person who would otherwise not die if nothing happened, if he just sat there? The person on the track wouldn't die. Um, he, would, he wouldn't even know what happened. Um, but five other people would die. So can you make a, a quantitative analysis of that kind that uh, better one should die than five should die. And philosophers take various views on this. Almost every student, and they've been polls done now and, and evaluations done, most students say definitely divert it, kill one, no matter who the person is, but, but don't kill five. And then, of course, the hypothetical becomes more extreme. You know, the one is about to cure cancer. How, how the conductor would know that, nobody knows. And the five are, you know, drunken bums. Can you make qualitative, as distinguished from quantitative, um, decisions based on the quality of the life of one human being over the other? Almost everybody says no uh, to that. Well, I'm not comparing um, the decision that um, that that uh, that the Swing Federation made with that life and death decision. Obviously, this is only athletics. It's only sports. But it's a tragic choice. Um, I understand the arguments on, on both sides. Uh, on the one side, we have the argument of the woman who was born with uh, female chromosomes, has been a, a woman all of her life. She doesn't have uh, testosterone uh, much. Um, and uh, she used to win gold medals uh, and finish first at uh, competitions. But now that... Uh, uh, there are some transgender women who were born with male chromosomes competing. She finishes second to the person who is now a transgender uh, female. And so that's not fair. Uh, she should be first, not, not second. Um, and fans and family say, gee, when we come to athletic events, we want to see equally matched people who've grown up in the same way and whose skills are a function of um, um, their own hard work. Of course, they never get that because you'll get some swimmers who were born with enormous, enormous arms and enormous uh, ability to stretch their arms. And, you know, there are, there are some people who are actually born with, I know somebody who was born with webbed feet like a duck. I don't know, is that going to give the person an advantage uh, in swimming? Uh, I doubt it. But my point is just this. Uh, people are endowed with different uh, innate abilities, inborn abilities, which they then develop. But uh, uh, no matter how much I worked, no matter how much I trained, 
I could never beat Phelps as a, as a swimmer. I mean, he has these, this enormous wingspan that's always going to give him a phenomenal advantage or Ted Williams, who basically could see the stitching on the ball as it, you know, came uh, from the pitcher's hand and became therefore one of the greatest, if not the greatest um, hitter in the history of, of, of baseball hitting over 400 uh, in, in, in one season. Uh, so, you know, People are born with advantages and people gain advantages. Uh, I remember a great athlete when I was growing up who I became friendly with. His name was Junius Kellogg. Um, he played college basketball at about the time I was playing high school basketball. He was three or four years older than I was. And uh, he would have been a phenomenal um, uh, NBA star. Um, and um, he was seriously injured in an automobile accident and could never play again. Not his fault. Not his fault, but things happen. So on the one hand, you have the issue of is it fair to the number one woman who now becomes the number two woman or the number three woman uh, to have to compete against somebody who was born with different um, uh, chromosomes. On the other hand, and this is the hand that um, influences me more than the one we've just described, is the fact that transgender people, uh, both men who have, trans, who have transitioned to become women and women who have transitioned to become men, are victims of enormous amount of discrimination in our society, as evidenced by some of my letters. You know, people don't believe they exist, uh, you know, all, all the kind of nonsense that, that you hear. Um, we heard it a lot, particularly around the confirmation of the soon-to-become-new justice of the Supreme Court because she was asked to define a woman, and she gave exactly the same answer I would give, the right answer. It depends on the context. If you're talking about medical treatment um, that relate to uh, genes and relate to chromosomes, of course I, I, I can tell you what a woman is. But if you ask me uh, about uh, a person who was born with male chromosomes and at the age of seven or 10 or 15 or 20, um, decided to make a complete change and, and, and lives her life as, as a woman, um, I'm going to tell you that person is a woman. And uh, therefore, it depends on, on the context of the question. But, you know, she almost got defeated for a Supreme Court nomination for which she was superbly qualified because she answered the question correctly, but not in the way that uh, know-nothings uh, want to answer the question, know-nothings who say, look, 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 whatever you're born, you're born, that's it. Uh, you know, that, that's such an absurd argument. If you're born with cancer, does that mean you have to die? If you're born with uh, one kidney, if you're born, uh, it's just absurd. Uh, we can change. Uh, we can change in, in, in a variety of, of different ways, and uh, science gives us that ability. And and um, and uh, some people have chosen to do that, and it's made them much happier. I have two friends. They're not close friends, but um, they're friends, both of whom have one a child, the other a grandchild, who um, was who changed, and their lives became just much better, much much better. They were they were living lives that were unacceptable to them in the gender in which they were born and they changed genders and now they're very happy. What goddamn business is that of yours? If somebody becomes happy by making a change in their life, it's none of your damn business. 
it just isn't your business. It's as much your business as if people use contraceptives or people have sex with people of the same sex or of, of different races. It's just not your business. Um, if it's your child, it's your business. Then, you know, try to talk to them and influence them. Uh, if you think that society is making it more likely that your child will opt to uh, change, okay, that's that's a fair point. But if if my friend's grandchild decides to change and live a happier life, but out, but out, it's none of your business. It's just none of your damn business. Hey, that's one of the great American slogans. None of your business. It's a great American slogan. Brandeis put it a little differently when he talked about the fundamental right to be left alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Uh, don't intrude into their lives. So, you know, you have on the one hand um, some unfairness to some people. Part of the reason I opt for not disqualifying transgender women from competing in elite uh, athletic events is because of the numbers. Only part, only part of the reason because of the numbers. Um, there aren't very many um, uh, Leah Thomases. Um, there aren't very many um, transgender women who now compete and win. We hear about them all the time, but they're not that many, certainly not compared to the number of people who are discriminated against because they're transgender, whether they're transgender men or transgender women. Discrimination against transgender people is rampant. It's evident in my emails. It will become evident in the emails about this show. You're going to write me bigoted, anti-transgender letters that prove my point. Uh, I, know, I know you will. I know who you are out there because you write to me all, all, all the time, you know, uh, and, and, and your letters will express the kind of bigotry that I want to see defeated. And one way of doing that is by sending a powerful message uh, from leaders, from groups to society saying, if a person decides to live her life as a woman without regard to the chromosomal situation at birth, we're going to recognize her. She's a real woman for all relevant purposes. That doesn't mean we treat her the same Medically, if there's an issue that relates to chromosomal differences, of course we'll take those into account. But whenever we can treat them equally, we should, even if there's some cost attached to it in terms of some people losing the gold medal and instead getting the silver or the bronze medal. You know, similar arguments are made about affirmative action. Um, you know, every time... Uh, a person who benefits from affirmative action benefits from it. Somebody in the zero sum game of admissions to college and law schools, somebody loses, but society is generally taking the view that ending bigotry and ending discrimination is worth the cost of a few people ending up at a somewhat lesser um, university or a somewhat lesser law school. Now, you don't want to be that person. You don't want, you don't want to be that person's father or grandfather or grandmother or, or, or friend. Um, but these are societal costs that we often uh, endure. And, and sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. I think on balance, it's, it's wrong 
in the context of elite sports to ban uh, transgender women from competing against women who were born with female chromosomes um, and require only that that have to be done before they're, they're 12 years old. Um, and so I'm, I'm on the side of, um, uh, of, of, of Leah uh, and of others uh, who have, are now going to be the subject of discrimination. There'll be lawsuits with our current Supreme Court. Probably the lawsuits will be lost. That doesn't mean they're wrong. Um, and, you know, maybe there'll be other opportunities opening up um, uh, for people who have uh, transitioned. Uh, but in the meantime, I, I, I'm against the discrimination. I'm against the banning. Um, I'm in favor of allowing um, people who, who have really made a transition. I'm not talking about the hypothetical case, and I don't know of any such case. The hypothetical case of uh, some woman who wants to win medals and so essentially pretends to change uh, genders and then changes back after her athletic career is over. I, I mean, that's, 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 you know, kind of the parade of horribles, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it. What I've seen are people who were born uh, with male chromosomes who've been very, very unhappy, who at various stages in their life, it could be at 12, it could be at 15, it could be at 17, make an existential decision. It must be a very, very difficult decision. And they say, look, I'm, I'm really a woman. I've always been a woman. I just was born into the wrong body and I want to make a change now. I recognize that and I, I support it. If it makes you happier, it doesn't affect me at all. And so I'm going to get, you know, all this response. As I said, I've already gotten some of the response. The fact that you are asking this question is already an admission that there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. There are all kinds of differences in, 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 in life. The fact that nobody is asking the opposite question is another proof that something is wrong with the idea. Should transgender men be banned from women's competition? It's a stupid question. I'm talking about competition where muscular strength is absolutely critical. If there were a competition where the qualities associated with being a woman gave a tremendous advantage, um, then you could ask that question. But at the moment, we're talking about swimming. We're talking about maybe tennis. And we've had a situation in tennis. Uh, and, and we're talking about other sports of that kind. Uh, as you know now, uh, there have been several situations, not too many, where women have actually competed against men in athletic sports. There's now a woman, if I remember correctly, who is now playing on a minor league, but a pretty high minor league uh, a baseball uh, a team. Um, I think she's a pitcher. Uh, and her fastball, you know, is in the high 80s. It's, you know, not in the high 90s. Uh, maybe that's because she wasn't born um, with the testosterone and the, you know, the, the, the chromosomal features. But she's competing. She's doing her best. And yay for her. Fantastic. I would love to see some women uh, uh, compete against men in, in the NBA. There, you watch the WNBA. I have to tell you, I was a pretty good basketball player as a kid. I don't remember any men of my generation holding a candle 
to the women who now play in the WNBA. They are so much better than we ever were. I think they're better than a lot of the men who won championships in the 1950s and the 1960s. They're certainly better shooters um, in terms of foul shots, in terms of three-pointers, but even driving the hoop. Now, they're not going to compete necessarily in rebounding uh, based on, on height and, and, and physical strength, but that's not the whole game. So, look, we live in a different world than I was born into or than many of you were born into. There are changes, and, and we have to adapt to the changes that science is according. And so I, I cast my vote. It's, it's, it's not an easy vote. I understand the argument on the other side. That's why it's called a tragic choice. That's why there's no perfect answer. But I think the better answer is to do whatever we can to create real equality and to end discrimination and to end bigotry and to end uh, the arguments that, that, that deny uh, transgender people full rights of, um, of everyone else. So that's where my vote is. I'm interested in what your vote is. And um, I'm sure that next week we'll get lots more questions and lots more statements about that. So in the meantime, let's go to questions now, just a few that um, um, grow out of last shows. Okay, let's start with the stupid ones. Okay, here's a stupid one. Colbert staffers, same charge, unlawful entry, release J6 political prisoners now. Okay, it's not that stupid in the sense that I want to see all the January 6th political prisoners released. Um, you're right. It was unlawful. What a difference. And the Colbert people were there filming with permission and they overstayed their welcome and they stayed a little bit too late and they stayed in the hole. It's a, you know, they'll, they'll probably pay a $5 fine. Uh, it's not anything like January 6th and not anything, even though I represent one of the men. Uh, who was charged on January 6th. He's not Colbert, and I'm not going to make that defense. And if you're listening, you have to know, don't count on me to argue that what happened in the Capitol is just like uh, a Colbert. It's not. It's different. It, it may be actually more constitutionally protected because it was in the form of a protest. The right of the people peacefully to assemble um, is guaranteed by the Constitution, uh, the right to make a stupid uh, film about a talking dog that smokes a cigar. I don't remember that as part of the Constitution. By the way, I, I, I will be willing to represent pro bono uh, the dog. You know, what's the name of the dog? Triumph the Insult Comic. Triumph the Insult Comic. He actually insulted me a couple of times. Worked I worked with him. Yeah, I work with a dog. I'll work with anybody if you, to get a laugh. So I hereby offer to represent Triumph the Insult Dog Comic Comic. Uh, uh, any charges, um, but uh, the people will have to fend for themselves. Okay, that's one of the silly uh, questions. Uh, there are some very good ones. There are some silly ones. They, there's always a mixture. Um, let's see. I know that one of my relatives that took a mail-in ballot in Arizona and made their mother vote Democrat, even though she wanted to vote Republican. Yeah, that is one of the risks. I have a, a, a relative, um, and and um, she wanted to vote Democrat, 
uh, and her son wanted her to vote Republican, but her daughter wanted her to vote Democrat. And so she listened to both. And uh, ultimately, she voted Democrat. Uh, that's going to happen with mail-in ballots. I have absolutely no doubt about that. The founders did intend for future generations to be skeptical. The problem is that the lessons of history have been buried, canceled. I agree with you. I think history today is a neglected subject. And what we have today are political history, uh, histories that are designed to serve a narrative. And that's not real history. Here's a compliment. Mr. D, you look great for a man of your age. You know, that's the highest compliment you can get now, you know, for a guy who's 83, not so bad. Um, you're, uh, you, uh, and you're still sharp as a tack, not according to some of the letters. Proof that we don't all fade with age. I appreciate your standing for truth and fairness, even when it is for your political opponent. And then, of course, you get the others. This popped up on editor's pick. I noticed the editors pick only the safe gatekeepers. I'm really a safe gatekeeper, right? I'm, I'm predictable. Rumble puts me on the front page because they know exactly what I'm going to say. The ones they won't touch the truth. It's just nonsense. And then, of course, you get this every batch of mail. This is from Gabbering. It could be Goebbels or Gehring, but it's Gabbering. And it's simply two words. Pedophile Jew. Well, he's half right. I am a Jew, and I'm very proud of it, and I've never had sex with anybody underage or anybody even close to it. Uh, final question for today. Professors are red flag laws, the taking of private property without due process. It's an interesting question. Red flag laws are designed to prevent people from having guns or taking the guns away from people who have manifested um, some possibility or likelihood that they will engage in a mass shooting. It's a very difficult problem because you're right. It, it presumes guilt in some ways. It's not a high standard. On the other hand, you're not going to jail. You're not having your money taken away. If, if they take away your gun, they probably have to give you just compensation under the takings clause of the Constitution. And so, uh, you know, these are the tragic choices. You know, People say, a lot of my mail says, oh, I turned you on. I heard your views. I don't want to listen anymore. Fine. That's fine. The people I want to listen are the people who understand that in the society in which we live, there are always going to be tragic choices. There are almost always going to be arguments on both sides. And the job of a democracy is to allocate decision making and our framers did a wonderful job. They created a system of checks and balances where initially the decision is made by the uh, legislature, the executive then enforces the law, and the judiciary decides whether the law is consistent with the Constitution. And that's what I try to do on, on, on this uh, podcast. I try to deal with the hardest questions. I do not pander to my viewers and my listeners. I Respect your views most of the time when you stop calling me names. I respect your views, but I disagree with them. And, and, and I knew when I decided, along with my sunny line, to do this show on transgender athletes that I would not get a lot of support from the viewers who write to me about this position. 
but at least I hope maybe I've introduced some new elements into your thinking and maybe you will write me thoughtful letters showing me why I'm wrong. Um, I don't think I am, but I'm happy to read your letters both privately and publicly. And so have a good weekend. And I think we'll probably expect some Supreme Court decisions in the next couple of days. So um, I strongly suspect that next Monday when we regroup, we will be talking about some very controversial Supreme Court decisions. See you then.